Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, founded in 1968, the Beef Improvement Federation is a North American organization dedicated to advancing and coordinating all segments of the beef industry. From the start, Biff sought to connect science and industry to improve beef cattle genetics. At its annual symposium in Calgary, two Canadians received a continuing service award. We talked to one of the recipients, Bruce Holmquist, about the group and the great strides made in Canadian beef cattle genetics. Manitoba farmer David Weens has been elected to serve as the president of the Dairy Farmers of Canada. He farms alongside his brother Charles at Grunthal, Manitoba, milking 230 cows and farming approximately 1,600 acres of cropland. Weens, who has served as vice president of DFC since 2011, succeeds Pierre Lampron in leading the National Dairy Producer Group. We'll hear more from the new president about the organization's annual meeting, issues of concern, and a new collaboration with Farm Credit Canada on a sustainability initiative. After the break, Bruce Holmquist. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. First of all, Bruce, congratulations on your continuing service award. But maybe first of all, just for some background, can you tell me a little bit about the Beef Improvement uh, Federation, about the organization and what you do. Yeah, thanks, Alice. Uh, Beef Improvement Federation has just entered its 55th year, I believe. And it's uh, a North American organization that uh, focuses and is a think tank or coordination process of genetic improvement for the beef industry. So it uh, pulls in academia, colleges, universities, uh, things like that, Uh, government to a wee bit, uh, but mainly breed associations as well, and uh, producers. Uh, There's uh, quite a few producers on their board of directors. And uh, they meet once a year uh, with their conference, which was hosted in Calgary last week but also work together throughout the year in uh, finding ways to make a better beef, better product in the beef sector, as well as, uh, you know, hopefully find some ways to create a bit of profit for producers. Now, the Continuing Service Award itself, is there a specific criteria that they follow when they make this selection? You know, I don't know that for sure. I wasn't part of the process, and it's kind of unique for Canadians to actually receive it. Uh, I think in the 55-year history, there's been six of us, Um, and this year there was two, uh, Sean McGrath from Vermillion and myself, uh, and we both uh, work for Canadian Semental, and, and that's our delivery process of genetics. Uh... At, but at the end of it all, it, it's uh, a selection made by their board of directors, I guess, of people they think that are are deserving. And uh, like I said, it's kind of cool to have some <laughs> some Canadians on the list because there's usually about three years, so there have been quite a few Americans recognized. Now, to say the beef industry runs through your veins could be a bit of an understatement. <laughs> You've uh, your your involvement started. You're a third generation um, cattle producer, and uh, you got a young start at 16. 
So tell us about about that. Well, yeah, actually, truth be known, and, and a bit of a confession here, uh, early on, 4-H was uh, my first immersion into uh, structured beef production, if you want to call it that. I mean, the 4-H program's pretty pretty uh, awesome in a lot of ways but it is the first step for a lot of a lot of youth and I at that time there was no clover buds there was no peewees or any of that kind of stuff um, so I was seven years old when I joined and I was listed as 10 for th- three years uh, but beyond that it, uh, it it grew from there and I guess I've been involved in a lot of different things and been pretty fortunate to see the industry from a lot of sides of the table, uh, mainly as a producer, but uh, it got me into administration and and Canadian Western Agribition has been a big part and I've gotten to know you quite well through that and uh, just try to do what what a person can can to uh, advance agriculture and specifically the, the cattle industry. And, and I think that's um, that's an interesting point that you bring up because, um, you know, you serve now as uh, the general manager, I understand, for Canadian Simmental Association. Maybe talk about why it's important that, you know, we need to produce the beef and we have doing all this great research and doing all this work, but those leadership roles are important to fill as well. Yeah, I mean, the world's run by the people that show up and... Uh I was not just saying you need to fill a chair, you have to be engaged and and commit yourself to it. But my approach has always been that, you know, try to connect the different uh, pieces of the the cattle industry. And oftentimes the purebred sector, which, you know, I work within as as CSA manager, is maybe uh, viewed differently by different people. Uh, We're more than Coleman cows. And uh, yes, the the junior movement and junior shows and stuff is, is the exciting part of it. But the most important thing that we do is genetic improvement for the beef industry. And a lot of people don't understand that it's not done by universities. Uh, totally. Uh, they work with us and, and whatever. And, and our delivery to our members is what makes that bowl that people buy a, a better product. And, and uh, yeah, it's an interesting business. And that genetic work, and in the course of your uh, of your career so far, uh, you, I'm I'm guessing you've seen like huge improvements, uh, leaps and bounds in in the last number of years. Oh, it's it's incredible the changes that we've seen, and and there's more coming down the pipe. I mean, uh, science is is uh, evolving, and there's a lot of pressure on the beef industry in particular with. Uh, concerns about environmental impact and and uh, different things that we hear and 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 the frustrating part i suppose is that uh, beef production is probably the most environmentally friendly piece of agriculture uh not to diminish the rest of them but uh when you look at that grass out there and stuff that's sequestering carbon and doing things that we often don't get recognized for so that's part and parcel of of what we try to do in communication as well as uh, finding the most efficient cattle and genetics to uh, make best use of it one of the things about agribition that one of the many things i enjoy about agribition is uh, the interest that comes from 
international community and the number of visitors that come from all over the world. And they talk about that a lot, about how they come to Canada, specifically because of the impressive genetics that we have here. And that is just one show. So uh, I'm sure that that's probably the feeling, um, you know, right across the country too. the the work that's being done in Canada and, and of course, in North America. Yeah, agribusiness is special in a lot of ways, uh, and, and and probably it's about the diversity and and the things that we offer. And it's you know I've used the the uh, analogy quite often of the three-legged stool of you know education, uh, uh, marketing, and and commerce, and uh, it ties it nicely together. Not all shows have that, and that's why agribusiness is. Uh, probably the bright light in the the uh, ag events and, and uh, showcases in that we try to entertain, but the world uh, does see agribition as a great opportunity because it is the largest cattle show, and I'll focus on that for a second. Largest cattle show in Canada by far, and everything's there at one time, and uh, we've worked hard to maintain that kind of structure, and it hasn't been easy. Uh, as you know, but uh, now with the facilities we have and and uh, everything else, I'm I'm sure it'll still be a, a world class event for some time. Bruce, just some final thoughts. Uh, you still have some gas in the tank as uh, as you continue on um, in the industry. Any other specific goals or things that you'd like to like to see or push forward? Well, I mean, agriculture is a tough game, and <laughs> the nice thing about this award was it's a continuing service award, so nobody's kicking me out the door yet, and I do have <laughs> some gas in the tank. But um, really, when it comes down to it, I think one thing that, you know, I hate to <laughs> bring back COVID into any discussion, but you know what? We learned that agriculture is pretty important in food supply and food security and, and the safety of it, and as long as we... Uh, focus on the important things and don't get sidetracked by by social issues and emotion and stuff to it uh agriculture is always going to be important it's it's just how we we all fit into that that structure and process so i mean i i see agriculture as having a very uh, bright future Bruce, uh, congratulations again on your award, and I'm sure we'll probably cross paths again, if not before, definitely in Regina in November. (laughs) Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks, Alice. Bruce Holmquist is the general manager of the Canadian Simmental Association and also one of the two Canadian recipients of the Continuing Service Award through the Beef Improvement Federation that was presented at their symposium in Calgary. After the break, the new president of the Dairy Farmers of Canada, David Weens. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. A new president was elected at the Dairy Farmers of Canada annual general meeting in Winnipeg. David Weens is a dairy farmer in Manitoba. So first of all, congratulations, David. And uh, you bring a lot of experience to this role. Uh, We're milking uh, 230 cows on uh, 1,600 acres of land. So we are very much involved in in dairy. In my role as president, I look forward to working, you know, with uh, the Dairy Farmers of Canada, like uh, with a board, with with staff, 
and reaching out to provinces to to continue a lot of good work that has already been started and is well on the way in terms of um, you know of, of bringing people together uh, where we can actually help to uh, you know with all of that we can you know turn some of the challenges that we face into opportunities and they are out there so that'll be my certainly be my focus over the next uh, couple of years. Now, in addition to the election of a new president, the AGM obviously had a very full agenda. So let's take a look at some of the current challenges facing the dairy industry in Canada and how they can evolve in the future. So one of the organization's goals is to reach net zero greenhouse gas emissions for on-farm production by 2050. When we hear of experiences they have in other countries where, you know, they're, suddenly they have directives that simply say they have to, you know, reduce uh, their industries by a certain amount uh, and, and remove the production altogether as a way of, of uh, reducing carbon footprint. That's, that is not sustainable. So uh, just by hearing some, some other perspectives, I think it really uh, highlights some of the opportunities that we do have here in Canada and, and a good indicator that we're along the, the, the right track. So another topic covered was social media and the opportunity farmers have in getting their voice heard by the masses. Tell us about that. Basically, it is about telling our story uh, because we do know that as farmers, as dairy farmers, we do have uh, a very high trust rating with Canadians. And so that is our opportunity to tell our story and and they're looking uh, forward to it. And so for us, it was a good learning experience. So, David, uh, also there was a presentation made about the importance of rural areas. So what specifically was, was discussed? Often our governments are so focused on, on the urban areas where, you know, by far the largest population is. And yet, you know, the, the rural, rural Canada and particularly agriculture is expected, uh, you know, to uh, support through food production, you know, the rest of the population. And often there isn't enough recognition of, of the work that that uh, that happened. So we had a good uh, discussion. Now, an incentive is being offered to Canadian dairy farmers looking to make their operations greener. Farm Credit Canada is offering up to $2,000 through its Sustainability Incentive Program in collaboration with DFC. Uh, this is to advance the goal, of course, about greenhouse gas emissions on farm uh, to net zero. So Canada's dairy industry has, I understand, one of the lowest carbon footprints for dairy um, in the world at less than half the global average. So do you believe it's possible to continue to build off of that progress? The carbon footprint from uh, 1990 until uh, 2020 has been reduced by 25%. And so that's pretty significant. You know, when you look at it on a per liter basis, and a lot of this has been, you know, trying to drive further efficiencies on the farm. And so uh, there are other areas in which, you know, as more information becomes available, there's other things that we can pursue in terms of helping to reduce that carbon footprint. So it's not going to be uh, just one area. I mean, a lot has happened because of increased uh, efficiencies and, you know, a lot more milk from, from fewer cows and so on. But we will continue to pursue uh, areas that uh, in terms of, you know, it, it may be along the line of regenerative agriculture. You know, it could be best management practice in terms of crop production. And so there, there, there really is uh, quite a list there of the things that we could do. But 
there's also research that's happening that will help us to further inform us in terms of what some uh, possible actions could be. So, so we are on it. And yes, we have made a major reduction. We are about half of world average. And yet we firmly believe that we can, uh, we can continue to uh, build on that success and continue to reduce it. So this incentive could be used just simply to find greater efficiencies on the farm. You know, there there's so many different ways in which we can uh, can help to reduce the carbon footprint. And so, you know, on different farms, there's there's different possibilities. So one of the things that DFC has done is, you know, just kind of created a pathway or, you know, kind of a chart where, you know, farmers can look at some of the, the best management practices that they could embrace on the farm, maybe are already. Uh, but look at certain areas where they think, yeah, you know, maybe there's something that we could do in this area. Because the way we're approaching this is that uh, together, uh, you know, we can accomplish that goal. David Weens is the newly elected president of the Dairy Farmers of Canada, who recapped this organization's AGM in Winnipeg. These are the top agriculture stories for the week of July 10th, 2023. The BC Maritimes Association said they'd agreed to a four-year tentative deal with the International Longshore and Warehouse Union, which represents 7,400 workers. The deal came after Federal Labour Minister Seamus O'Regan ordered a mediator to issue terms of a possible settlement earlier in the week and to end the 13-day walkout. Jeff English with Pulse Canada said there will be huge backlogs to clear, estimating it could take a week for every day that the port sat idle. He added that the catch-up will likely extend into the harvest season. President of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities, Ray Orb, is glad the strike is over, but noted every time there is a strike in Vancouver, it hurts producers trying to move their grain. Futures prices for corn, soybeans and wheat dropped following the release of a bearish U.S. Department of Agriculture July supply-demand estimates report. The USDA did not reduce its production estimates to the extent analysts were expecting due to dry conditions in the U.S. Midwest. John Drager with Left Field Commodity Research said right now the new crop soybean carryout number will be viewed as disappointing and definitely bearish. The average U.S. soybean yield estimate was left unchanged. The average corn yield estimate was reduced by four bushels per acre. Corn ending stocks were slightly higher than market expectations. As for wheat, U.S. ending stocks were adjusted 30 million bushels higher from the June estimates. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo chaired the biannual Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations Conference last week in Italy, the first woman to ever chair the conference and the first Canadian to do it since 1997. During her visit, she also met with Italian agri-food stakeholders, Canadian industry associations and Canadians working at Rome-based international organizations and agencies. She highlighted the strong economic ties and common values between Canada and Italy, specifically around Canadian Durham wheat, and discussed how they could work together to increase trade and investments. Saskatchewan Crop Insurance implementing extraordinary measures to livestock producers facing challenges resulting from dry conditions this year. The hope is to have low-yielding cereal and pulse crops diverted to feed, 
and allows crop producers to make timely decisions to graze, bale, or silage available for feed. Ag Minister David Merritt said he wants to encourage crop producers to again work with neighboring livestock producers to make that feed available. The same initiative was implemented in 2021, resulting in over 345,000 acres of additional crop redirected to feed. The federal government will be providing $12 million to the Canadian Cattle Association under the AgriScience Program Clusters component. 23 projects will be funded, focusing on research on reducing methane emissions through feeding strategies, breeding forages that are more productive and profitable, and developing technologies for faster response to emerging diseases. The Beef Cattle Research Council, a division of the Canadian Cattle Association, will administer the programs. The Canola Council of Canada has found its next president and CEO. Chris Davison joined CCC in August 2021 as vice president, stakeholder in industry relations. Prior to joining the council, he held leadership roles with several organizations, most recently with Syngenta as head of business sustainability for North America. He has more than 25 years of experience in the agriculture sector, including work in the areas of public and regulatory affairs and government and industry relations. Davison assumes his new duties on July 31st. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts, tell your friends, and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarlane for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Patterson Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.